So we are going to see the ninth chapter. Eighth chapter was a diversion from the main topic of Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita's main topic is Jivan Mukti, liberation while living. And in the eighth chapter, there was a discussion about Krama Mukti, gradual liberation. And there was also a discussion about Surya Marga, Chandra Marga, Shukla Maksha, Krishna Maksha, Krishna Gati, Shukla Gati. So, path, taking that path, the Jiva reaches Brahma Loka and if you take this Chandral Chandravart the dark path then it will take you to Surga Loka or you come back again Chine Bunne Martilogam Vishinti Ekko 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 So, that was a diversion 
and that Bhagavan immediately quickly come back because he doesn't want Arjuna to get lost in that because people always worried about what will happen after death. <laughs> so what will happen to the jiva after death? This is a topic everybody keep thinking about it. And people want, get, they get lost in that topic. So Bhagavan doesn't want Arjuna to get lost in that topic. So immediately he come back to his main topic, that is Jnana Vijnana Yoga, which he started in the seventh chapter. <laughs> so you will see seventh chapter and ninth chapter, there are similarities. Same topics are discussed, but little more differently, more elaborately. <clears throat> so in the Ninth chapter, the title is Raja Vidya Raja Guhya Yoga. <laughs> so, this is title also differently to attract Arjuna's mind. Because anything that when you say it is royal, because Arjuna is royal, so he is a royal prince. Naturally, the moment you hear the word royal, he will get attracted. So, Raja Vidya, Raja Gukhyam. So, this is the title given. <clears throat> and the first three verses, it is an introduction. <laughs> and then, second, afterwards, the fourth to tenth verse, it is Vidyanam. Vidyanam means wisdom, direct experience, the Nirgunasurupa of Bhagavan. Then afterwards, Bhagavan come down to our level <coughs> and make us understand how, how we can prepare ourselves to attain that state. So this is how the whole thought process is designed or given to us by Bhagavan Krishna. Now let us start the first verse. Bhagavan is not this time waiting for Arjuna to ask question because he doesn't want any more diversion. <laughs> so he straight away get into the topic. Shri Bhagavan Uvacha Idam Tute Guhyatamam Pravakshyamyana Suyave Jnanam Vidyana Sahitam Yatnyatva Moksha Seshubhat Idam to te to thee Idam this Something very specific to Tu Shabda means that something very specific or it is a topic different. Sometimes it is indicative of topic, different topic also. So idam tute guhyatamam. So Bhagavan is using superlative degree here. So guhyam, guhyataram, guhyatamam. So the most secret, the greatest secret. <coughs> so I am going to tell you the greatest secret. Uhyatamam. 
So, even if you say somebody has a secret to tell, even a dying man will get up and listen to the secret and then get died. <laughs> so, that is the situation. Even if you are in a hurry, you are running, at that time you tell, you tell, just to catch hold of him to have a secret, then he will wait. <laughs> All his hurry will stop. So, the secret word is such that it creates curiosity in the mind. <laughs> Then again, secret is a secret as long as you don't know. <laughs> the moment you come to know, then it is no more secret. <laughs> so, secret is also means not everybody knows. It is not popular. <laughs> Very few people know. That is the idea of secret here. Uhyatabam pravakshyami. I shall explain to you, I shall declare to you this Anasuyave. Now Bhagavan is addressing Arjuna as, as, as free from Asuya. Asuya means free from, Asuya means this Guneshu uh, Dosha Darshanam is called Asuya. Seeing the negativity in everyone. That is called Asuya. <laughs> so, Guneshu Dosha Darshanam. If somebody is doing something good, you pull him down. You know, you say that, oh, these are all fame and name, he is doing it. <laughs> it is not with a good intention. So, anything, whatever anybody does, you criticize that person. A critical mind is called Asuya. <laughs> Asuya is not jealousy. Jealousy is called matsara in Sanskrit. So, mattaha sarati iti matsaraha. He is going ahead of me. I have to pull him down. I have to catch up with him. Or I have to bring him down. So, make it even. So, that kind of tendency is called asuya. I mean, jealousy. But here, asuya here means kuneshu dosha darshanam. A critical mind. A mind which always finds fault in someone. That type of a mind. So, Arjuna is pure-minded, <laughs> free from Asuya. Jnanam <laughs> Vitnana Sahitam. So, I shall explain to you this knowledge along with Vitnanam. Vitnanam means direct experience, wisdom. Jnanam Vitnanam. So, one way we can take it as Jnanam means Saguna Brahma Jnanam. So, the Para Prakriti 7th chapter we saw, Bhumirapo Nalo Vayukhammano Buddhirevacha Ahankara Itiyamme Bhinna Prakriti Rashtada. Then, <coughs> the, this is called Lower Prakriti, Apara Prakriti. So, this Para Prakriti is Bhagavan's higher nature. That higher nature is Narguna Brahma. So, attributeless Brahman. So, Vitnanam means knowledge of the attributeless Brahman. Jnanam means knowledge of Brahman with attributes. Saguna Brahma Jnanam. Another is Narguna Brahma Jnanam. Both I shall give you knowledge and experience also a rough translation that is also okay but knowledge and wisdom is also okay 
or saguna brahmatnyanam or nirguna brahmatnyanam both are fine because saguna brahmatnyanam means brahman with attributes means form so all avataras they have form and all the gods that you see in the temple they all have form <laughs> so they have attributes they have gunas there is a time they came there is a time they disappeared <laughs> then they do certain activities karma the leelas so bhagavat leelas are there so destroying asura etc and giving moksha to the people so this is the avatar dharma <laughs> so they are all called saguna brahma <laughs> then nirguna brahma is the one who is beyond all the attributes which is saguna so means ratsatva rajastamas the one who is beyond all the three is called nirguna brahma that is our real nature <laughs> everything else is different so we shall see that bhagwan himself is going to say that so jnanam vijnana sahitam then why are you telling me this arjuna must have thought etnyatva having known this moksha se ashubhad you will be free from ashubham means bondage so you will be totally free from all samsara dukham ashubham means unholy thing <laughs> unholiness is what inauspiciousness is what this bondage and samsara is inauspicious so one will be free from completely free from all the samsara dukkha ashubhat so therefore i am telling you etnyatva so having known this is the key word here because this this is to be this is depend upon knowledge it is not dependent upon any karma <coughs> so yat kartva he didn't say he says yat nyatva he said having known this you will definitely be free from samsara dukkha yat nyatva moksha se ashubhat so idam tute guhyatamam pravakshyami anasuyave so anasuyu means adhikari this is called anubandha chatushtayam the first verse in every chapter you will see see there is a tradition in our culture that before you write any book you have to prove four things <laughs> one is to whom you are writing this so who is your audience you have to know to whom you are addressing this book <laughs> so this topic is addressed to whom anasu you the one who is pure hearted number one adhikari then vishaya is what jnana vijnana the topic of discussion here is what jnanam vijnanam jnanam means saguna brahma vijnanam means nirguna brahma this is a discussion topic so adhikari vishaya then sambandha what is the connection here moksha se the phalam is moksha se ashubhad so phalam phalam means result result is what you will be free from bondage motrase ashubad so then pratyat pravakshyami guhyadamam vijnana sahitam yatnyatva having known so this is a sambandha so knowledge having known having known this you will be free from 
this uh, samsara dukkha so these are the the four items generally we see adhikari prayojanam sambandham sambandham jnatva etnatva having known <coughs> jnana becomes the means for this freedom from samsara <coughs> then now bhagwan says giving more uh, little more elaboration on that particular point says next second verse rajavidyarajaguhyam pavitramidamuttamam pratyakshavagamam dharmyam susukham kartum avyayam rajavidya generally translation will be what rajah vidya means knowledge of kings <laughs> this is a translation generally but that is not the translation here vidyanam rajah <laughs> so among vidyas knowledge this is the king that means king of knowledge so rajavidya rajaguhyam same way also it is the king of secrets rajaguhyam among secret this is the king so among secrets this is a king so rajavidya rajaguhyam pavitram idam uttamam but sometime when it has when it is rajaguhyam secret of king it may not be always pure is it <laughs> because some of the secret of the kings if you know you feel very miserable <laughs> so it need not be always good so that is why bhagwan say pavitram pavanam pure it is noble auspicious pavitram uttamam greatest <laughs> so uttamam highly seek pavitram purifier uttamam the highest purifier uttamam pavitram highest purifier so why because see purity also temporary purity is there and ultimate purity is also there so there is a verse you know in uh, they say that anyakshetre kritam paapam punyakshetre vinashyati so when you do some papam in some place if you go to a punyakshetra it will go <laughs> punyakshetra you go and take a bath and all that worship then your papa will go suppose you commit a sin in punyakshetra punyakshetre kritam papam kashi kshetre vinashyati <laughs> so sir <laughs> if you do papa in punyakshetra where you go you go to kashi then it will be gone completely removed now suppose you commit a sin in kashi then what to do kashi kshetre kritam paapam kumbakone vinashyati <laughs> so you go to kumbakonam there is a mamangam there you go and take a bath in the tank tank then all your papa will go <laughs> then somebody ask suppose you commit a sin in kumbakona then what to do say kumbakone kritam paapam kumbakone vinashyati <laughs> so this kumbakoni doesn't want to go anywhere he says if you do pavam there there only it will go you don't have to go anywhere so 
this <coughs> uttamam pavitram means what this greatest purifier <coughs> so great this knowledge is such that mule kutaraha the papi itself it will kill see it destroys the papi all other purifying effect will be what all our purifying method sadhanas it removes the papas only <coughs> but it doesn't remove the papi <coughs> so the one who is coming that's why it is all temporary suppose you go to mama like kumbhamela time you go and take bath in ganges it is believed that all your papa will go but then that is not guaranteed that you will not get more papa later you see so up to that point whatever papa you have done it is gone but you come out again you commit <laughs> sin what is that there is no guarantee that you will not acquire more papas so all those sadhanas purifying methods that we have is all temporary ones but here this one is permanently cure permanent cure that even afterwards there is no chance of you acquiring more papas that is why uttamam pavitram uttamam it is said then pratyakshagamam pratyakshavagamam dharmyam susukam kartum avyayam all these words are very beautiful because Pratyakshagavagamam means directly experienceable. <coughs> it is not that something promised after death. <coughs> so, you will attain this particular surga, you will go to Brahma Loga after your death. Nobody can guarantee that. What is the proof that I will go there? Anybody has come back from death and told you that I was coming. I went to Brahma Loga, I am coming here. No, there is no proof like that. So, here it is not, Jeevan Mukti is not like that, it is while living, it is experienceable. So, therefore, Pratyakshavagavam, directly experienceable. Dharmyam means, it is in line with Dharma. Dharma means Shastra here, Shastra means Vedas, in line with Vedic teaching. So, this is very important because in our Bharat, if it is against Veda, any theory that is propounded against Veda, we do not accept it. <laughs> so, that is why what happened to Buddha. Buddha considered as avatara of Mahavishnu himself, according to our, you know, the, the, even the Jayadeva also sang Buddha Sharira. So, he accepted Buddha as one of Bhagavan's avatara. And such a great person, he, we worship him also, he is a great person, there is no doubt about it. But Buddhism could not survive in India because one problem he had, he did not accept Vedas. So, it is, it was, he did not accept Veda. So, according to our theory, that he is considered a Nastika. Nastika means, doesn't mean that he doesn't accept with God, but he doesn't accept Vedas. <laughs> so, therefore, he could not survive or his teaching could not survive. They flourished elsewhere. But here, Bhagavan says, even Bhagavan, he himself is the, the, the giver of knowledge. Because in fourth chapter we saw, Ivam vivasvate yogam 
प्रोक्तवानकमेयम विवस्वान्मनवे प्राह मनुरुक्षागुवे ब्रवीद सो एवं परंपरा प्रोक्तम इदम राजर्षयो विदुहु इत्यादी सो ही सेट आय वाज द वन हु इनिशिएटेड दिस टीचिंग एंड भगवान हिमसेल्फ इज दैट वन हु गेव आउट दिस नॉलेज एंड ही हिमसेल्फ इज गिविंग आउट टू अर्जुना बट स्टिल भगवान सेज इट इज अकॉर्डिंग टू वेदा धर्मम इट इज नॉट अपोजिट टू वेदा it is in line with vedic teaching that's the meaning of dharmyam there <coughs> that such a knowledge which is guhyam and rajavidya it is vidyanam rajah king of all knowledges and it is secret of all secrets and again it is such a <coughs> great knowledge then it will be very difficult to achieve attain hmm the path to attain this knowledge will be very difficult no susukham very comfortable <laughs> susukham very easy it is easier than any other path susukham kartum avyayam but when it becomes very easy people have doubt the result will be <laughs> not lasting isn't it suppose you know you buy something cheap in the market you know it doesn't last long isn't it <laughs> so like taiwan made made in taiwan items you buy maximum how many 2 uh, years 6 months life is there so like that you may think that way susukham it is easily available it is comfortable it is very easy to get it if you say then we doubt the result also will it last long so bhagwan say avyayam <laughs> imperishable <laughs> so that's why every word there is so beautiful beautifully placed so rajavidya rajaguhyam pavitram idam uttamam <clears throat> uttamam pavitram <clears throat> pratyakshagamam pratyakshavagamam dharmyam susukham so effortless <laughs> it is something like going to sleep so susukham so easy and kartum avyayam avyayam means again it is imperishable because sin sinner is removed therefore there is no more sin possible <coughs> this knowledge is considered the highest knowledge brahma vidya vidyanam rajah <coughs> Brahma Vidya is considered the highest knowledge because you see, you can see in our own lifetime, the Ramakrishna Paramahamsa, who was uneducated person, he has not gone to school or anything, but educated university graduates and you know scholars used to come and prostrate to him, so seek his satsang. So that means that is the greatness of this Vidya. So. there is no again brahma vidya is considered the greatest vidya because all vidyas are dependent upon intellect <laughs> all our material knowledge what is that the basis is what buddhi <laughs> it is based on our buddhi and that buddhi is based on what <laughs> so that intellect is based on what with whose blessing that intellect works 
and that parabrahma that consciousness is the topic of this discussion so therefore brahmavidya means the vidya knowledge of that consciousness knowledge relating to that consciousness revealing that consciousness the nature of that consciousness is being revealed therefore it is considered the highest knowledge susukham kartum avyayam continuing ashratadhana purushah धर्म से पुरुषाह asya dharmasya this supreme knowledge so this knowledge that i am going to give you which is saguna brahma jnanam and nirguna brahma jnanam this i am going to give you some people may not have faith in that <coughs> they don't believe in that so such people what will happen he parantapa parantapa is addressed to arjuna a scorcher of enemies arjuna's one title is parantapa because the name of arjuna when the enemy here they will run away they don't even put up a fight so that was the title that is the greatness of arjuna and you have such a title but now you are shivering that is indication अप्राप्यमाम निवर्तन्ते सो विदाउट रीचिंग मी विदाउट अटेनिंग मी पीपल हु हैव डाउट अबाउट दिस नॉलेज देन व्हाट हैपन नॉट रीचिंग मी मी हियर मींस नॉट कृष्णा एज एन इंडिविजुअल हियर भगवान परमात्मा सुप्रीम रियलिटी निर्गुण ब्रह्म अप्राप्यमाम माम हियर इज निर्गुण ब्रह्म अप्राप्य nivartante nivartante means come back that means what people who have gone and come back it's not like that here nivartante means nitaram vartante they will go deeper and deeper into samsara that's idea naraka tirrek aadi prapti margaha मृत्यु संसार वर्तनी वर्तनी मीन दे फर्मली गेट एस्टाब्लिश्ड नितराम वर्तन्ते और निश्चयेन वर्तन्ते दे कीप ऑन दे गो डीपर इट्स लाइक अ वर्लपूल दे गो डीपर डीपर इनटू संसारा एंड सो द फेथ इज दैट अंटिल यू रीच द गोल यू शुड हैव फेथ the faith should keep you going until you reach the goal that's why bhagwan said in in kathopanishad it is said uttishtada jagrata prapya varan nirbodatha until you reach the goal do not stop so the same way here also the faith should be such that one should keep that faith going and shraddha is the one that which is the motivating force behind any action it's called kriti hetu 
without faith one cannot do anything think about it without faith you can't even eat your food isn't it suppose the food is put in the mouth and it has disappeared into the through the mouth and you don't know what is happening isn't it are you watching what is happening <laughs> but you have faith that it will be digested <laughs> it will be assimilated this faith is there that is why we are eating isn't it and you go to sleep you have complete faith that you will get up tomorrow morning isn't it? that's why you plan you have faith <laughs> complete faith think about it so what if every step of our life if you look at it it dependent upon faith <laughs> when you are driving you should have faith isn't it when you stop at the red light the you should know that the other person has seen the green light isn't it <laughs> so when you are going through the green light you should know you have faith that the other person has seen the red light and stop isn't it so the whole thing is depending on one people suppose somebody misses that what happened <laughs> that is a accident happened isn't it so you have faith complete faith what is that in the red light and the green light isn't it that is how you are able to drive so otherwise you will not be able to drive even to put the child you see a growing up child to put the next step also the child should have faith hey i can put that next step otherwise the child will not be able to put up the so i mean he can't even walk so this is a situation so shraddha is very important without shraddha one cannot live in this world so ashraddha dana purushaha asya dharmasya so this particular dharma that dharma means here vedic teaching so brahma vidya bhagwan is talking about in this brahma vidya if one do not have faith then what happen aprapya maam nivartante it is his loss the loss is his because he will lose the chance of attaining mukti maam aprapya means not reaching me means not gaining moksha prtyu samsara vartmani so i used to tell this story that about faith you know this um, two americans went to india they landed in delhi they took a taxi and the taxi was sardar was driving the taxi and um, <clears throat> the moment they get a customer they fly they don't even drive they fly so this uh, sardar he did not stop at the red light he went through the red light so the americans were so scared and they told him hey please stop at the red light you know what is this and then he turned around and started talking to them sir we are three brothers we are all drivers taxi drivers for the last 30 years we have been driving now they are worried because this fellow is not looking at the road he is looking at them and talking so okay okay look at the road <coughs> again the second traffic light also it was red light he didn't stop <laughs> now this time they got so scared they told please stop the car we are getting down in your car no sir don't worry again he gave a lecture <laughs> then the third light came it was green light he stopped <laughs> so they asked now why are you stopping 
He said, my brother is going the other side. <laughs> no, this is called faith. <laughs> yes, yes, faith that his brother is going. And that brother also got faith, my brother will stop. <laughs> Even if it is green light. <clears throat> so, unless we have complete faith, <clears throat> without faith, nobody can do anything in this world. <clears throat> So, in fact, you tell you, this, this, the whole life is depending upon this term faith. Our Gurudev used to give you an example, you know, when child is born in the hospital you know, and the father is going, where is my child, you know, he is very proud that I got, I am father, now I got a child. Now, at that time, the nurse will bring a child and give it to the mother. Mother, hold the child and tell the child, look, 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 this is your father, isn't it? The mother is the one who introduced the child to father, okay? Now, the father believes this is my child, okay? It is complete faith. That child, maybe, maybe sometime mistake must have happened also. So, because in the, <laughs> in the hospital there are so many children are delivered every day and they are all tagged, you know, with the tag is there. Sometimes the nurse mistake one tag for other. So, that exchange may have, must have happened. There are so stories also like that, you know, in movies. <laughs> Suddenly, but suppose the mistake has happened, but still you believe that this is my child, isn't it? Think about it, how flimsy it is. But still, that is a strength. <laughs> so, the whole life is dependent upon the faith. Aprapyamanivartante mṛtyu samsāra vartmani Vartmani, the whirlpool. So, mṛtyu samsāra vartmani, the world of mṛtyu. Mṛtyu means death. So, Mṛtyu is not something that one day it happened, okay? So, mṛtyu, death is continuously happening to us. <coughs> new, old cells are dying, new cells are born, old cells are going, new cells are coming. So, it is said we are not in the same body every six months, it is said. We are all changing continuously. So, this changing phenomena is called mṛtyu. And it is like a whirlpool, vartmani. <coughs> So, he will keep on going into Naraka Tirekadi Prapti Mardaga. Matthu Samsara Vartmani means he will go to hell, then afterwards he will come back after that period, then he will go take a birth in the animal kingdom, become a tiger, elephant, uh, reptile, birds, ityadi, that kind of things. So, this Marga he will go. E Parantapa. People shiver before you, but here you are shivering in front of these Maharatis. Why? Because you don't have this knowledge. If you have this knowledge, you will not shiver in front of anybody. Now, these are all simple looking verses, but the contrast is showing here, path of knowledge and path of ignorance. Path of knowledge makes you fearless. Path of 
ignorance makes you fearful. This is the main idea. Now, continuing. Now, from the fourth verse onwards, Bhagavan is totally summarizing the essence of Upanishad is given, the highest knowledge. So, that is why it is very important verses in Bhagavad Gita. The whole Bhagavad Gita, this is the <coughs> most important verses. <coughs> Let us read. Maya tatamitam sarvam Jagadavyakta murtina Masthani sarva bhutani Najaham teshavastitaha Idam sarvam jagata. This world. Idam jagata. This world. Now in Vedanta, there are only two words. Aham and idam. Aham means I, the subject. Idam means object, you. I and you, or you and I. These are the only two things. Now, where does this you begins? Where does this idam shabda begins? Where does this, this word starts? This is analysis in Vedanta. So, when you say this, this world, now this table, something that is other than me. This we understand very clearly. But in Vedanta, that is not enough. Because anything you say, I know, that comes under this word, idam shabda. If you say, I know, do you know your body? Yes, I know my body, that is a problem. I wish I don't know, but I know. It is fat, it is short, it is uh, what you call sick, it is arthritis, that pain, this pain, all those things I know. Since I know, that means what? This is coming under idam shabda, means this world. It is part of the world. Then what about your mind? Mind also known to you, because emotions are known to you. Today my mind is in a good mood, bad mood. All these changes of moods are also known to me. So therefore, mind is also coming under idam shabda, this world. Then what about your intellect? Intellect is also our ideas and ideologies are known to me. I have a very good idea now. It comes to you. You are. Then I want to you know, implement that. You know, you go to a party, you tell your friends or you 
you you make a program and then sell it also to the market all these things you do because you know your intellectual ideas so intellect is also belonging to the world then what is left ego isn't it ahankara ahankara is known to you or not of course there are certain time you realize i was very arrogant <laughs> yeah, i should not have there are certain time not always always you remember then it is good for you then you are a saint but there are times we remember ha ah, i was egoistic i should not have been arrogant this you don't tell anybody but you realize so your ego also you objectify anything that you are able to objectify they come under the word object idam shabda now what is left whatever that is left is called aham i the subject so bhagwan here says maya tatam idam jagat tatam means pervades maya by me by me here means consciousness paramatma i pervade i means consciousness everybody can say i because each one i is paramatma the real i is paramatma the false i is ego we are not talking about that the real i consciousness pervades idam jagat maya tadam idam sarvam jagat avyakta murtina then arjuna is looking at bhagwan you pervade the whole world <laughs> you are standing in front of me you are only 5 5.8 feet <laughs> so bhagwan was short it seems <laughs> he is not very tall 6 footer and all that no <laughs> you are only 5.8 so how can you pervade the whole world so arjuna then bhagwan say avyakta murtina in my unmanifest form avyakta murti means and manifest to our senses so it is not manifest to our senses senses means what shabda sparsha roopa rasa gandha shabda means sound sparsha means touch roopa means form rasam in taste gandha means smell fragrance so the one who is free from all this so means what all of them are dependent upon one element or other shabda is dependent upon aakasha space touch is dependent upon what air then roopa the form is dependent upon fire then rasa is dependent upon taste is dependent upon water then smell is dependent upon earth so all the five sense organs all the sense perceptions all of them are dependent upon five elements none of the five elements <coughs> can objectify paramatma so the one who is beyond all senses the one who is beyond all 
Panchabhutas. The, la, the highest one is Akasha, the one who is beyond space. He is Paramatma. That is the word meaning of Maya, Aham. Maya is a word derivation from Aham. Okay. Maya, Aham, I, Idam, object. So, Maya Tatam Idam Sarvam Jekadavyakta Murtina. I pervade this world in my unmanifest form. It is something like in the milk there is butter. In what, in what form? Avyakta Murtina. In an unmanifest form. Same way. Mastani Sarvabhutani. Everything exists in me. Sarvabhutani. Masthani. They stay, they are established, they reside in me. But Nachaham Teshu Avastitaha. But I do not exist in them. Now, this is a contradiction, you see. So, in the very same words, he gives two contradictory statements. First he says, everything exists in me. Mastani Sarvabhutani. Then, Nachaham Teshu Avastidaha. But I do not dwell in them. Now this is, if it is two verses, it at least some <laughs> uh, consolation is there. But here in the same words, he is contradicting. Nachaham teshu avastitaha, but I do not dwell in them. Now, this statement is made from a different standpoint. See, waves can exist only when there is ocean. So, ocean can say, all the waves are existing in me. Mastani sarva waves. But when you shift your attention from, I mean, when you shift your attention from waves to ocean, then what happened? Wave, ocean can say, I do not exist in them. Nachaham teshu avastidaha. Now, you try to take a, uh, uh, what is that? Catch one wave in, in a cup. Suppose somebody asks you, get me a wave. So you go with a bucket and catch one wave. What is that? You bring that wave, what is it? There is no wave. <laughs> it is only water, isn't it? <laughs> so from the standpoint of water, there are no waves. But if you don't look at the water, what do you see? Only waves. Isn't it? So, from one standpoint, there are waves. Another standpoint, there are no waves. So, that is what Bhagavan is telling. From one standpoint, if you look at it, if 
because if there is an effect, there must be a cause. So, without cause, effect cannot exist. So, therefore, Bhagavan says the world is in effect, I am the cause. Without me, the world cannot exist. But without the world, I can exist. So that is idea. Hmm. See, when you are alive, thought rises in your mind, isn't it? A thought rises in your mind, you are there, a thought rises in your mind. Then afterward, thought disappears. You are still there, isn't it? <laughs> you don't disappear. So, you can remain with thought, you can also remain without thought. So, that state, free from thought, is my real state. That state with association of thought is not my real state. Hmm. Is it difficult? <coughs> I am making it as simple as possible. I don't want to complicate you. <laughs> so, Najamastani. Now, the second verse is more difficult. Okay? This one. Nachamastani Bhutani Pashyame Yoga Maishwaram Bhuta Vrinnacha Bhutastaha Mamatma Bhuta Bhavanaha Now here he says, in fact I tell you Arjuna, Nachamastani Bhutani. <laughs> Bhutani, these beings do not exist in me. Earlier he said they exist in him. Then he said, I do not exist in them. They are in me, I am not in them. Now he said, in fact, they are not at all in me. <laughs> Oh, this is really a contradiction, isn't it? That is why our Ganesha Bhagavan was writing. <laughs> there is a story, you know, that when Ganesha Bhagavan was appointed to write Mahabharata, so he said, condition was that my, when I start writing, my pen should not stop. So Vyasa Bhagavan thought for a while and said, okay, unless you understand the meaning properly, you should not write. So, Asabhagavan had to go for a cup of tea, coffee and all that, some tea break, coffee break, he had to. At that time, he throw some verses like this. <laughs> he contradicted everything. Even Ganesha Bhagavan has to scratch his head to find out the meaning, you see. <laughs> Whether the story happened or not, these kind of verses are there throughout Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> you can see. So, in second chapter is there, Yadishasarva Bhutana, and all that. Those verses are very contradictory verses. So, here also you see, in fact, 
none of them are in me and this is also very interesting because from the standpoint of water there is no waves number 1 even wave and all that you know there is a modification you see see ocean and wave the wave there is a modification water modify itself to become the wave isn't it that kind of change is there but the best example is rope and snake see there is no better example to explain vedanta other than rope and snake see now here is look at it the snake that you saw upon the rope the rope can say snake doesn't exist in me is it not rope is continuously remaining as rope it never modified or changed there was no time it has modified there is no parinama there is no modification there is no metamorphosis nothing like that but it was superimposed the snake was superimposed upon the rope so this is called vivartavada in vedanta this is the vivartavada one is parinamavada modification but here it is vivarta vedanta vedanta champions this particular theory called vivartavada vivartavada means without undergoing any modification appears to be different so like rope without undergoing any change it appears like a snake in fact there is no snake the same way the whole creation is an appearance you cannot dismiss saying that it doesn't exist you cannot accept it saying that it does exist sat asatyam anirvachaniyam it is anirvachaniyam means indescribable is a nature of this creation now science has proved that every object that you see it doesn't have the objectivity if you analyze that the object disappears into atoms atoms and molecules no atoms also gone now what is that quantum particles past quantum theory what is that possibilities so i don't know you attended a science and spirituality session that time amit goswami was telling that the tangible world looks as though tangible has come from an intangible 
<laughs> cost. That they have come to that point now. So consciousness is what? Attributeless, intangible. You cannot see, observe or objectify through your senses. And that is not solid. And from there, the solid world, as though it is solid, you think it is solid, it is not solid. It is an illusion. Is it not? See, the earth is rotating on its own axis, certain speed. And it is going round the sun with certain speed. And we are thinking what? It is stationary, isn't it? <laughs> there is not even a single doubt, an iota of doubt, that it is rotating. Is it not <laughs> Maya Shakti? Bhagavan's power. There, Yogam Aishwaryam. Aishwaryam, Ishwaram Yogam Pashyame. Arjuna, see. My yoga. Yoga here means the wonder of wonder. <coughs> Maya Shakti. Divine connection. It is, Gurudev used to say, it is a relationless relationship. See, that consciousness association with matter is not possible. One is sentiency, another is insentiency. One is inert, another is sentient. So both cannot have a combination, but a combination is brought about. It is a wonder. It is called relationless relationship. Yoga Maishwaram Bhuta Bhrinnaja Bhutastaha Mamatma Bhuta Bhavanaha Supporting all beings, but not dwelling in them. Myself, the efficient cause of all being. Buddha Bhavanaha, Mamatma, Bhutastaha, Buddha Brinnacha, Bhutastaha, Mamatma, Bhutta Bhavanaha. So, in fact, from my absolute standpoint, the being do not exist in me. <laughs> One way of looking at it is, all the beings are nothing but He Himself. So there is no something separate from Him. That is one way of looking at it. It is something like, gold is telling that there is nothing other than Me exist in this world. In the world of ornaments. The world of ornaments, gold can say that nothing other than Me exist. The moment you remove the gold, where is the ornament? Nothing. So also, the moment this material cause, Bhagavan himself is a material cause, that material cause is removed, there is nothing exist. So from that point, you can say, he alone exists. Other than him, there is no number two. 
is number two is not there. Then Bhagavan is giving an example here. Yathakashastito nityam Vayu sarvatra gomahan Tatha sarvani bhutani Masthani tubadharaya Now, Bhagavan knows it is a very abstract idea, so he is giving you immediately an example to make it easier for us. Yathakashastitaha nityam vayuhu sarvatrago mahan See, Akasha space is there. And born of Akasha is Vayu. And the question here is what? Bhagavan says, Buddha Brindada Buddha Staha Pamatma Buddha Bhavanaha. So even though the world is born of me, I support them, but I am not affected by the world. That point to prove that point only, he is giving this example. See, Akasha, space, and the Vayu, the wind, is born of Akasha. But that whatever happens, sometimes the Vayu is ferocious, sometimes it is gentle, sometimes it is um, carrying fragrance, sometimes it is carrying foul smell. All of them do not affect space. And space can be without Vayu. Isn't it? There are certain places you go, you go higher, outer space, Vayu Bhagavan is not there. But space can exist without Vayu. But Vayu cannot exist without space. Air cannot exist without space, but space can exist without Vayu. So even though Vayu is born of me, Akasha can say, born of me, but whatever quality that is, whatever impurities that is happening in Vayu never affect me. Same way, consider that all beings rest in me. Even though they rest in me, but I do not get affected by any of them. That's why even atom bomb is exploded. Space is not destroyed. Atmosphere gets affected but not space. Nobody can destroy space because we have not discovered an equipment subtler than space. <laughs> For nobody can destroy space, but atmosphere can be destroyed. The same way, Bhagavan says, how the relationship, that is what we have to see. The space is directly related to air, isn't it? 
but at the same time whatever that is happening in air never get contaminated space space never get contaminated by any of the activities of the air in that way i remain in this world see how beautiful it is if this is understood and that i is what is my i also it is not bhagwan is remote somewhere sitting in vaigundha bhagwan is right here with us as our own aham aham antaratma that antaratma bhagwan says that the entire body mind intellect ego everything is in me like space i remain but all these are like why bhagwan even though all these are happening all emotions and attributes are happening in the body mind intellect level but none of them affect me the consciousness so what but you are that consciousness <laughs> that consciousness is not different from you so this is what we the we have to get it from this now after this bhagwan is going to enter into creation how he bring out the um jeevas that he proves that how i am not affected by all of this even though creation is an activity but it doesn't get affected by that then we will see how we can get to that point how we will be able to appreciate this higher thought in our scriptures that method also bhagwan is going to tell us how to make us qualified to appreciate this so this is this ninth chapter is a very important chapter and very important because this is coming in the middle of the 18th so that is also one another thing the topic is very beautiful one is jnanam another is bhakti so bhakti is also given very important role in this chapter so we shall see that tomorrow tomorrow again 8 to 9:30 then we have saturday the whole day so we have to complete this there are 34 verses so every day we take every class we take six six verses we'll be able to complete i have done my quota today the so tomorrow i don't know we'll see more maybe then saturday we have we start 9:30 yeah 9:30 to 11 11 then we'll have break half an hour break we'll have some tea coffee all that then you come back then from 11:30 to 12:30 another session 12:30 to 1:30 is the lunch we will provide you lunch okay then 1:30 to 2:30 there is some video will show you some 
ഓം പൂർണമത പൂർണമിതം പൂർണാത്പൂർണമുതച്ചതേ പൂർണ്ണ പൂർണമാദായ പൂർണമേവാവശിഷ്യതെ ശാന്തിശാന്തിശാന്തി ഹരി ഓം ശ്രീ ഗുരുഭ്യോ നമഹരി ഓം ആയപ്പ